2: It's for real on the bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out the bads, eat a bad city broken, eat a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad adders bad days, bad law, bad do, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. It's a pain-free Friday and a Valentine's Day no less. We got a lot to do on today's pod because you listen to the pod. They'll be privy to money line winners for Saturday and Sunday in college basketball. It's an all-star weekend in the NBA. They're in the Windy City, the city with broad shoulders, the second city. Of course, Chicago, Illinois, where it's like zero degrees. They're going to be freezing ass. It's going to be limos to the door and run inside type of weather in Chi-Town because it is just blustery cold, vicious, bone-chilling cold in Chicago coming off Lake Michigan. So they're going to be screwed unless they bundle up. And it's all in honor of Kobe Bryant. Of course, the weekend, they're going to be wearing 24s and 2 in honor of Gianna, his daughter. And you got the All-Star Game Sunday at 8 o'clock on TNT. The Greek Freak will take on Team LeBron. So Giannis against LeBron as they lead their teams into the game on Sunday night. So Team LeBron has Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, James Harden, Devin Booker, a last-minute substitution for Dame Time, Ben Simmons, Jokic of the Nuggets, the big fella, Jason Tatum of the Celtics, CP3... Russell Westbrook, and Damanis Sabonis. And then Team Giannis has Antetokounmpo and JoJo, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kemba Walker, Trey Young, Chris Middleton, Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, the big swatter from Utah, Jimmy Buckets, Miami, Kyle Lowry, Brandon Ingram of the Pels, and Spider Mitchell of the Jazz. I don't know. Everyone's on Team LeBron. They can't be beat with LeBron AD and the claw and Doncic, Harden. They look fantastic. They look unbeatable on paper. They're the team. But for some strange reason, I'm on Team Giannis. I love the young players on this team like Giannis, Kemba, Trey, Bam, Ingram, Spida. These guys are going to go hard. I think they're going to be in it. I think they're going to hit bombs. I think they're going to play. I think they feel they're disrespected, that they get no love, no chance, no hope, all the rest. Now it's going to be some freaky thing where they add 24 points to the team with the most points after three. And then they're going to have no clock and everything else. So I'm staying away from all this betting on this game. And in fact, I'll be lucky if I even watch it. I mean, seriously. I probably will watch some of it. I don't know. I mean, if there's something better on, I'll probably watch that. I've never really gotten into it. It's just like a love affair. Everybody's having a great time and hugging and kissing and just everybody's high-fiving and everybody's best friends. And then when they play against each other in regular season and playoff games, they hate each other's guts. So the whole thing's kind of phony, if you ask me. And I'm so bummed out that Kobe died in the helicopter crash and his daughter. I'm just so devastated that he's gone like everybody else that I just don't think I can actually sit there all night on Sunday and hear about it and hear about him and talk about him. It'll be endless Kobe the entire night, and it'll just get to the point where it's just tipping over. I don't think I can take it. You know, they buried him near his home in Cali with his daughter near the family's estate, and so... They snuck that in. Nobody knew that was coming. And then they're having this event on the 24th of February at Stable Center that's going to be overflowing with fans. That's going to be crazy. That's going to be sad. That's going to be difficult. It's not going to be any fun. I told you before on the pod and on the shows, Coast to Coast, In Game Live, that my buddy John Boy died in a skiing accident. I went to his funeral. And it bums me out, the whole thing. I've been going to a lot of funerals lately. And all these people have been passing. It always happens. But, you know, Kobe and one of my best friends back to back. And then, you know, my dad, my wife's dad back to back. And then these two back to back. I just, you know, back to back to back to back. I just can't take any more death and funeral talk. I can't do it. I'm done with it. I want to be happy, and I want to remember him for how great he was on the floor as a player, as a champion, as a leader, as a winner, and what he did for kids' hoops and girls' hoops. I don't think I can do the sorrowful, tear-jerking stuff anymore. I just can't take it. I got to tell you, Valentine's Day, a little bit crazy, right? A little overrated, maybe? You look at all the cheesy holidays in this country, and... There's a lot of them I just can't deal with. I always used to work on, like, the Fourth of Pharrell and all that, and, you know, President's Day and some of these holidays. Just don't cut it for me. And Valentine's Day is, I guess, you go out and get cards and chocolate and gifts and everything else. Everybody's got to do something for their girlfriend or their wife or they'll be shut down permanently for months on end. There'll be no relations no action in the bedroom if you forget valentine's day you are screwed if you forget to get your wife or girlfriend gifts or to do something nice for them you are finished you have no chance of a future your life will be over but what i did was cuz i'm you know super busy Obviously, I'm not too busy to get 34C gifts. I'm pretty good at getting gifts now. I know where she likes shopping, so I go there and I buy tons of stuff, and that's that. Every time I go to the places she likes and I buy her tons of stuff, she seems really happy. So as long as she's not taking back the stuff that I buy her, that means she's into it. And then if she's into it, that means I win. So this year, I cut a deal with 34C. I said to her, let's blow off Valentine's Day gifts. You don't get me anything and I won't get you anything and there'll be no cards and there'll be no chocolate and there'll be none of the nonsense. But what I will do in honor of your greatness, beauty and sexiness, I will take you and your mother, Kathy O, legendary status and the kids, the chopper and the young gun to an expensive steakhouse on Saturday So I said, I will get a reservation. I will do everything. I will pay for it. I will get dressed up. We will all go as a unit, five of us, to a fancy, expensive restaurant. And I know the ones that you like. So I'm going to set it up. And that's what I did. And she agreed to that deal. Thus, I was able to escape having to go shopping. I didn't have to go get a card at Hallmark. I didn't have to go to her favorite store and look for clothes and spend a ton of money. Instead, I set up a restaurant reservation at a fancy place near where I live, and I'm taking all of them to a very expensive dinner. I could have gone and gotten a box of chocolates, a fancy shirt, or a sweater, or pants, or a coat, or a purse, or shoes, or boots, or a bag, or whatever. And that would have been a pain in my ass. Instead... I take her to a kick-ass restaurant, everyone stuffs their faces and eats appetizers, main entrees, steaks, tomahawks, and big desserts, then after dinner drinks, and everyone's happy. And then by inviting her mother, Kathy O, I get extra brownie points because her mother has nothing to do on a Saturday night but sit around and read the paper and watch television. She likes watching television, but she'd rather go party with us in a fancy restaurant and drink. She likes her Jameson. She likes to go out and get her swerve on. So I will take them all to a fancy restaurant and I will pay a gigantic price. The bill will be exorbitant. I will be eaten alive by the cost of this dinner, but to me, it's worth it. All I have to do is put on a blazer, some decent pants and some decent shoes, put on some cologne, go to dinner, and then I get a benefit out of this. I get a shove massive amounts of kick-ass food down my face. I will eat a gigantic steak. I will eat shrimp cocktails. I will eat anything else. Meatballs. I will eat Caesar salads. I will eat tiramisu. I will eat sorbet. I will drink... And I will party. I will have several double espressos. I will be with the hottest chicks in the restaurant. And all the other chicks in the restaurant will be jealous. Then I will have other chicks hit on me in the restaurant, per usual. Because I am Pharrell. And Pharrell digs. Fancy restaurants and chicks dig me. So when I go, big things happen. Generally, the bartender and the waiter figure out who I am. And they say, Pharrell, you're the man. And I say, How could I be the man when you're the man? I mean, 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 I I I Kick him in the head, knock him in the tee, knock him in the rim. Kick him in the head, kick him in the shin, kick him in the knee. Elbow to the head, knock him in the tee, gouge him in the eye. Kick him in the face, knock him in the teeth, step on their toes. Knock him in the head, break their ribs. hammer 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 Well done with a headbutt. So anyway, I want to talk about some of the events that are going to be on your television this weekend. Starting with hockey on Saturday. You're going to have Detroit at Boston. That's a one o'clock game. And then you got Smashville at St. Louis at 3 in the afternoon. For Philadelphia, at, at Tampa Bay at 4. So you still have day games. Edmonton at Florida in sunrise. I think the Oilers are actually better than the Panthers. San Jose and Minnesota, the Wild have been on fire. They're at 5 o'clock on Saturday. Dallas at Montreal. That one's at the Bell Center in Les Habitantesville, up in Montreal, Et la boue, hein? parlez-vous français madame. oui oui. Toronto at Ottawa. The Leafs go to see the senators. The senators are awful. The Leafs should beat them senseless. LA at Colorado. That one's at 8 o'clock on NBC. You can actually watch that game. The Kings, who are atrocious, playing at the Pepsi can against the Abs, who are kick-ass. By the way, the Dallas game in Montreal and Toronto game at Ottawa are both at 7 o'clock. Late night, Chicago at Calgary. In Ferell, Alberta at the Saddle Dome. The old Saddle Dome rocks. A late night Saturday night war with the Blackhawks and Flames. Also late night, the Capitals are out west. They're taking on Target's Arizona Coyotes with Phil Kessel's cousin. And the Islanders are in Vegas at 10.30 in Sin City. I got a beautiful day on Vegas, baby. Vegas had a huge win over the Blues the other night. It was like Thursday night. It was overtime. They got it done. Pacioretty had a couple of goals. Stone had four assists for Vegas. That was a wild game. Now they're taking on the Islanders, who got done the other night, getting pounded by the Predators. Five-six.
0: Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you
2: soon. Let's look at some of the college basketball, and I'll get into the money lines later, but these are the games on TV on the weekend that you need to know about. Saturday. Oklahoma's at Kansas at noon on ESPN. Syracuse at Florida State at noon on ESPN 2. Northwestern is at Penn State at noon on the Big Ten Network. Purdue goes to Ohio State at noon. That one's on Fox. Dayton plays at UMass at 1230. Texas Techs at Oklahoma State. That game's on TV, 1 o'clock CBS. Mississippi State's at Arkansas in Fayetteville, 1 o'clock on the SEC Network. Ole Miss at Kentucky at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Wake Forest at Miami at 2 o'clock Saturday on the ACC Network. Wisconsin's at Nebraska, 215 East Big Ten Network. Georgetown's at Butler in Indianapolis, 230 on Fox. LaSalle's at St. Louis, 230 on CBS Sports Network. Florida Atlantic's at Louisiana Tech at 3 o'clock on ESPN Plus, the app. And then Arkansas State's at Texas State at three p.m. Eastern. Texas State hosting on ESPN Plus, so they can do multiple games. Georgia at Texas A&M in College Station at three thirty on SEC Network. West Virginia is at number one Baylor four o'clock on ESPN Plus. Number five Louisville at Clemson four o'clock on ACC Network. Notre Dame is at Duke, 4 o'clock on ESPN. Number 25 LSU, 4 o'clock at Alabama on ESPN2. Illinois, number 22 at Rutgers, 430 on the Big Ten Network. Maryland, number 9 at Michigan State at the Breslin Center in East Lansing, 6 o'clock on ESPN. Number 11, Auburn's at Missouri, 6 o'clock on ESPN2. Number 20, Houston's at SMU, 6 o'clock on ESPNU. Pitt at Vitek, 6 o'clock on the ACC Network. DePaul is at Creighton, 7.30 on FS1. Seton Hall is at Providence, 8 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Washington State's at USC, 8 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network. Virginia's at North Carolina and Chapel Hill, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Gonzaga is at Pepperdine, 10 o'clock on ESPN. Colorado is at Oregon State, 10 o'clock on FS1. Washington's at UCLA, 10 o'clock on the Deuce. And Arizona is at Stanford, 1030 on Pac-12 Network. Those are like 99% of the good college basketball games on Saturday on television. What about Sunday? Well, on Sunday, Cincinnati's at East Carolina Noon on CBS Sports Network. Villanova's at Temple at 1 on ESPN. Iowa is at Minnesota, 1 o'clock on FS1. Indiana's at Michigan at Chrysler, 1 o'clock in Ann Arbor on CBS. Also, Memphis at Yukon, 3 o'clock on ESPN. ESPN. Number four, San Diego State unbeaten at Boise State, 4 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. NC State is at Boston College in Chestnut Hill, 6 o'clock on ACC Network. Arizona State's at Cal, 6 o'clock on ESPN U. And finally, Utah is at Oregon, 9 o'clock on FS1. Those are all of Sundays televised college basketball games. It's important that you know these things so you can sit on your sofa all day, drink beer, smoke bong rips, and watch basketball. Yes, that's a wonderful plan. Now, because I love you, I'm going to give you money line winners for Saturday and Sunday's games. It's important that you hit a ton of games. It's important that you pick winners and bet on them and make lots of cash. So I have all of the games that matter and who I like in those games. So let's do this. Oklahoma and Kansas you know who's gonna win that game because Kansas is gonna get every single call in that game and they're ranked third in the country they're 10 and one in the big 12 and they're gonna get it done Oklahoma has not been bad 16 and eight six and five in conference but they will lose Syracuse at Florida State Florida State 10 and three in the conference Syracuse seven and six Florida State will win the game Northwestern in Penn State. And Penn State 19-5, 9-4 in conference. Penn State will win this game. Purdue is at Ohio State. Buckeyes 6-7 conference play. Purdue seven and seven. You know, Purdue has been very tough. They won at Indiana. I do not think they're going to win at Ohio State. I'm gonna take the Buckeyes there. Tulsa and South Florida. I'm taking Tulsa on the road. They're eight and three in the American. South Florida sucks. They're four and seven in conference play. St. Louis and Rhode Island. Rhode Island's 10 and 2 in the A 10. I'm taking the Rams. Rhode Island will win the game. Dayton and UMass. Dayton's ranked sixth in the country, 11 and 0 in the A 10. UMass 4 and 7 in the A 10. Dayton will win. Texas Tech and Oklahoma State. I'm taking Texas Tech on the road because Oklahoma State's 2 and 9 in conference play and they suck. Mississippi State and Arkansas. Mississippi State 6 and 5 in conference. Arkansas 4 and 7. I'm still taking Arkansas. At home, Ohio and Kent State. I'm taking Kent State at home. They're 16 and 8, 6 and 5 in the MAC. Ohio is 4 and 7 in the MAC. I'm taking East Tennessee State on the road at Virginia Military because VMI is 2 and 11 in the Southern. East Tennessee State will blast their ass. Bowling Green and Ball State at Muncie. I'm taking Ball State, 7 and 4 in the MAC at home. Bowling Green's tough, 9 and 3 in the MAC. They can win this game, but they suck on the road. Old Miss in Kentucky at Rupp Arena. We all know what's going to happen there. U.K. rolls. Old Dominion, North Texas in Denton, Texas. North Texas is 11-2 in the Conference USA. They're going to win the game over Old D. I'm taking Georgia State over Coastal Carolina. I'm taking Air Force over San Jose State. I'm taking Bradley on the road at Southern Illinois. I like to call that on the streets. Texas and Iowa State. I'm going to go upset here with Iowa State over Texas, if you want to call it that. Texas is the better team. Texas has Shaka Smart. I believe he's about to get fired in Austin. Wake Forest and Miami Canes win this one. Wisconsin's at Nebraska. I'm taking the Badgers on the road. Georgetown's at Butler. I'm taking Butler. Eastern Michigan at home to beat Western Michigan. LaSalle's at St. Louis. I'm taking the Billiken. St. Louis wins the game. Louisiana Tech and Florida Atlantic. I'm taking Louisiana Tech at home. Texas State hosting Arkansas State. I'm taking Texas State at home in San Marcos. Rice and Charlotte. I'm taking Charlotte on the road. FIU to win at Southern Miss. I'm taking Western Kentucky to win at Texas San Antonio. I'm taking UAB to win on the road at Middle Tennessee. I'm taking Miami of Ohio and Northern Illinois. Going at it. But I'm taking the Huskies on the road to win it. They're 8-4 in the MAC. Georgia and texas a and i A&M. I'm taking A&M. West Virginia, ranked 14th. At Baylor, number one in the country. I'm taking Baylor to win the game and continue to roll their 22-1. Louisville's at Clemson. Louisville had a bad week. They went to Georgia Tech and got beat. Humiliating. They'll win at Clemson to redeem themselves. Notre Dame's at Duke. I'm taking the Blue Doubles there. LSU's playing at Alabama in Tuscaloosa. I'm taking LSU on the road. I'm taking Furman, 11-2 and two in the Southern over Chattanooga. I'm taking UTEP at home over Marshall. I'm taking Georgia Southern over Appalachian State. I'm taking South Alabama over Monroe. I'm taking Hofstra over Wilmington. Richmond at home, the Spiders to beat VCU. VCU had a bad week losing on the road, an embarrassing loss for the Rams. Give me the Spiders. And then I'm going Colorado State over Wyoming. The game is in Laramie. I don't care. Give me the Rams. I'm taking William and Mary over the Delaware Hens. Illinois and Rutgers in Piscataway. I'm going Rutgers there with the upset. They love playing at the rack. It gets a little crazy. Give me Austin P over Eastern Kentucky. Austin P 11 and two in the Ohio Valley. Give me George Mason over GW. I'll take UNC Greensboro over Mercer on the road in Macon, Georgia. I'm going to go Santa Clara at home over Loyola Marymount. Give me Murray State over Moorhead State. TCU finally wins a game. They're going to beat Kansas State. Maryland, Michigan State. Give me the Spartans at home. I'll take Auburn on the road at Missouri. The Tigers will get it done. Houston, I like them on the road to win at SMU. I like New Mexico over UNLV. Princeton to beat Brown. I like Yale on the road at Penn. I like South Carolina to beat Tennessee. Pitt and Va Tech, and I'm going to go with Buzz Williams Hokies here. I like New Mexico State over Utah Valley. And then I'm going to go with Harvard over Columbia. Liberty to beat New Jersey Institute of Tech. And then I'm going to actually take Valpo. To win at Illinois State. Give me Creighton over DePaul. Creighton's been playing great ball. I like Seton Hall to win against the Providence Friars. Florida at home over Vanderbilt. I like Northern Iowa on the road at Loyola of Chicago. USC at home. I'm taking them over Washington State. Give me St. Mary's over Pacific. St. Mary's can beat anyone except Gonzaga. I'll take Virginia on the road at North Carolina. And Gonzaga to beat Pepperdine. It is beautiful at Pepperdine. But Gonzaga will whack their ass. Colorado, Oregon State in Corvallis. I'm going to take the Buffs on the road. Give me UCLA over Washington. I like Utah State to win it. Fresno State. BYU over San Diego on the road. And then I'm going to take Stanford At home in, I guess, an upset over Arizona. And give me the Irvine Anteaters to win at Hawaii in Honolulu. There's all of my Saturday money line picks for you. How lucky are you to get my snags? Now, how about I give you Sunday's winners? Give me Cincinnati to win at East Carolina. I like Nova to win over Temple in Pharrell, Philadelphia. I'm taking Iowa high risk on the road at Minnesota. I think Michigan will beat Indiana. And then I'm taking Monmouth over Niagara. I'm going to go Northern Kentucky over Illinois, Chicago. Give me Duquesne over Fordham. I like Wright State over IUPUI. Give me Siena over Manhattan. Colgate will beat Loyola, Maryland. Wichita State over Tulane. I like UConn to win at home, basically, over Memphis. South Dakota State over Purdue, Fort Wayne. Give me San Diego State over Boise State. I like Drake over Evansville. I like Indiana State over Missouri State. I like NC State to win at Boston College. And Arizona State to win at Cal. And then Utah, Oregon. I'm going Oregon, Ducks, There you go. I gave you every single winner that I like on Saturday and Sunday in college basketball. It's like I'm nice or something. What am I like? Giving out winners for nothing and just like being cool to people and setting people up with a way to make a bunch of cash? Evidently so. I have to tell you, Brown's defensive end, Miles Garrett, again, has said that Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph used a racial slur toward him prior to the brawl at the end of their November game that got Garrett suspended for the rest of the season. Garrett did an interview with ESPN and said, quote, he called me the N-word, end quote. He called me a stupid N-word. This is unbelievable to me. The NFL suspended Garrett indefinitely for ripping Rudolph's helmet off and smashing him over the head with it during the Browns' win 21-7 over the Steelers on November 14th. The incident ended up costing him the final six games of the regular season at roughly $1.2 million in pay and a fine of 45623 bucks. Then Garrett sat out and was reinstated by Roger Goodell in the league Last week on Wednesday, the star defensive player first asserted during his appeals hearing for the suspension that Rudolph incited him with a racial slur. Garrett later said he never intended for the accusation to become public, but added, quote, I know what I heard, end quote. Then on Thursday, Garrett did an interview that he didn't want the allegation to become public, quote, "...because I didn't want to try to use it as justification for my actions because there's nothing to justify. Like, there's nothing that I can say or do to justify what I did on that day. I know what I heard." End quote. An NFL spokesman said at the time that the league, quote, "...found no such evidence that Rudolph used the slur and upheld the suspension." Rudolph has called the allegation, quote, totally untrue, end quote. He said, I couldn't believe it. The quarterback said on November 24th, quote, I couldn't believe he would go that route after the fact, end quote. In the interview this week, Garrett recounted a different version of events and blamed Rudolph for starting the fight that led to the discipline of 33 players and fines amounting to $732,422. He said, quote, when he said it, it kind of sparked something, but I still tried to let it go and walk away. But once he came back, it kind of reignited the situation and not only have you escalated things past what they needed to be with such little time left in the game, now you're trying to re-engage and start a fight. It's definitely not entirely his fault. It's definitely both parties doing something they shouldn't have been doing. I don't say the N-word, whether it's With a or er, to me personally, it just shouldn't be said. And whether it's by family, friends, anyone, I don't want to use it because I don't want people to find that appropriate around me for anyone to use or ever say. Of course, the Steelers ran a final play with eight seconds left. Rudolph... Initially fought with Garrett on the ground, then charged at him after Garrett forcibly removed Rudolph's helmet. At that point, Garrett slugged Rudolph over the head with the helmet. The league fined the Browns and Steelers 250 grand each without Garrett, Cleveland's defense, crushed down the stretch themselves to finish six and ten. The Steelers this week deferred to their November statement, which said Mason vehemently denies the report of being accused of using a racial slur during the incident, end quote. Rudolph's agent and attorney, Tim Younger, was not willing to talk. Garrett... In the interview said, I know something was said. Now, whether the NFL wants to acknowledge it, that's up to them. But I don't want to make it a racial thing. Honestly, it's over with for me. And I'm pretty sure it's over with for Mason. So we just got to move past it and keep playing football, end quote. Well, then why are you doing the interview and talking about it? If it's over and you don't want to make it a racial thing, then why the Pharrell are you making it a racial thing, which is exactly what you're doing? I mean, this guy is unbelievable. It really is. Now, the thing that bothers me about it is I don't think anyone deserves to be called the N-word or drop N-bombs on or get into the whole racial thing, which is just what the world needs right about now is this constant year after year after decade after decade after century racial problems in this country just absolutely never end, and they never will end, and they certainly won't end when stuff like this continues to happen. Now, somebody explained to me, I got to know why, seriously, why after all of this, after you got suspended, after you lost over a million and a half dollars, after you sat out half of the season, after you waited to get a meeting with Goodell, after you had the meeting and you get reinstated why the Pharrell do you go to ESPN to do an interview about one thing and one thing only, that Mason Rudolph called you an N-word. Why did you do it? If you don't want anything to do with race being involved in this, then why are you doing an interview about racial accusations? It makes no sense. Look in the mirror. Why are you doing this? You said you don't want it to be racial, but you are making it racial. That's exactly what you're doing. It's ridiculous. I mean, the thing that gets me the most about the whole thing is, certainly it's not the suspensions or the money or the helmet or smashing him in the head, or the fight, or that the Browns won the game, or anything else, it's that the guy said that Mason Rudolph called him the N-word, he said he dropped an N-bomb on him, and then no one else involved in the game, not one player, said that they heard it. Now, how in a Sam Hell can you play in the same game with that many players on the field and a fight breaks out and no one else hears the N bomb? How can you say with any justification that the guy threw an N-bomb on you when not one of your own teammates will even say that he said it. Everyone that was interviewed during the game and after the game about the incident, not one player on his own team said that Rudolph said the N-word. There wasn't one player on his own team that would support what he said. Does that not tell the story? I mean, if the guy dropped an N-bomb, then he's busted, then he's Then he's a racist. Then he's a moron. Then you can bash him. Then you can ruin his life. Please, by all means... Let's ruin Mason Rudolph's life, because he sucks anyway. He's a terrible quarterback, and he was awful for the Steelers. Every time he played, he got worse. When he was in the game, I went to see him play against the Jets. He was actually doing well for two series, then he got hurt. He's always either hurt or playing terribly. No one cares about Mason Rudolph. In fact, his development has been staggered at best. He has been horrible at best. But... No one can prove that he dropped an N-bomb on Garrett. Yes, they fought. Yes, Garrett won the fight. Yes, Garrett smashed him in the head with a helmet. Yes, Garrett lost his mind. Yes, Garrett said he dropped an N-bomb. But not one player on either team heard it. Except for Garrett. Maybe Garrett is hearing things. Maybe he is actually hearing voices. Maybe he has a problem. Maybe he has... You know enough of a problem. He needs to see a shrink. If he's hearing things like a bunch of people yelling N-bombs at him, he might have an issue he has to deal with off the field. Maybe the NFL should help him. Why is it that no one supported his claims but him? That means he's lying. If only one person says that something happened and no one else that was there that was privy to the incident, not one person will back him up, that means he's lying. If you don't don't have anyone say that someone else said it and no one will support what you said, then what you say has no bearing. It has no meaning. It has no value. You have to have witnesses. You have to have someone back your story. He does not have that. He has failed to come up with not one teammate supporting what he said. He is still saying that Mason Rudolph is a racist. And at some point, you have to sue him for calling you a racist. At some point, you cannot have have a guy going around doing interviews telling the world that you're a racist when you're not a racist no one ever heard him say anything racist no one heard him drop an n-bomb no one would back up Garrett Garrett needs to shut his fat face he got fined over a million and a half dollars he missed a half Of a season because of it. And he lost his mind. He is guilty. They both are guilty of fighting. But Garrett is guilty of attacking him with a helmet. Mason Rudolph merely tried to defend himself. Pouncey beat the crap out of Garrett on the ground because he had it coming. Pouncey said there was no racial taunts. There was no racism. There was no N-word. There was no N-bomb. No one, not one single person would support Miles Garrett. I believe Miles Garrett is a liar. And I have done shows this week about liars. I do not like liars. One thing in life you need to do is not lie. When you lie, you have bad things happen to you. Lies come back to haunt you every time. If you're a liar, you will lose in the end because liars are jagoffs. If you're a liar, I hate your guts. I believe Miles Garrett is a liar. I will vote against him always. When it comes to cheering, I will root against him forevermore. I never liked the Browns to begin with. I don't like the Browns. Never did, never will. In fact, I hate the Browns. I'm a Steeler fan, and we have beat the piss out of you my entire life. The Steelers own the Browns, and the day that Jack Lambert rubbed mud in Brian Sipe's face was one of the great moments in NFL history. He rubbed mud in his face and said, if you get up, I'm going to hurt you and do this to you again all day. I'm going to throw you around like a rag doll. You are my B. I own you. The Steelers have won six Super Bowls. The Browns have only won NFL championships in the 50s, and that does not count. Anything before the merger does not matter or count. Old people think that it counts. They are wrong. They're probably the same people that support Miles Garrett for saying that Mason Rudolph is a racist. The black guy that blames the white guy for all of his problems sucks. There is nothing worse than the black guy that blames the white guy for everything. They're constantly going after the white devil. I'm sick and tired of hearing about it, to be honest with you. Miles Garrett, you need to shut your face. Stop doing interviews. Spend your off-season. Go to the Caribbean. Go to Europe. Go to California. Do something. Go away. Stay away from white people because we know that you don't like them. So, why don't you stop doing interviews with ESPN and blaming people for all of your problems and saying that Mason Rudolph is a racist? I think Rudolph should sue him. I've said that before. I will say it again. How many times can someone call you a racist when there's no proof that you ever did anything racial? It is ridiculous. Tell this guy to stop. If he won't stop, sue him and then take all the rest of his money. He's already lost enough money over a million and a half. Why not take some more of his money? The guy is stupid because he just keeps opening his big fat mouth and blaming people for his problems. I'm sick and tired of hearing it. I hope he rots in hell. So Sunday in hockey, there's action all day. 12:30, East Detroit at Pittsburgh, just like the 08 and09 Stanley Cup Finals. This one's on NBC, Boston and the Rangers on NBC at 3:30 at the world's most famous. Edmonton at Carolina. that's at four at five. Anaheim at Vancouver at six. Dallas in Ottawa. Also at six, Columbus at New Jersey and St. Louis in Smashville. The Blues Preds game is on NBC Sports Channel. And then Toronto Buffalo at seven, Chicago at Farellapeg at eight thirty Sunday night is the last game. So there you go. There's your Saturday Sunday hockey schedule. There's XFL games this weekend. Saturday, Guardians and Defenders. The New York Guardians taking on the D.C. Defenders. And the Guardians are favored by five and a half. That game's at 2 o'clock on ABC. Then at 5 o'clock on Fox, the Tampa Bay Vipers, who looked awful with Aaron Murray last week. Laying two and a half to the Seattle Dragons in Seattle. You might want to consider taking the Dragons in the two and a half points there just for the halibut. Why'd you go fishing? Just for the halibut. Sunday, the Dallas Renegades laying four and a half at the Los Angeles Wildcats, L.A. getting the four and a half. That game's at three o'clock on ABC Sunday. And then it's 6 p.m. on Sunday on Fox Sports 1. St. Louis Battlehawks laying eight and a half to the Houston Roughnecks. You cannot give the Houston Roughnecks eight and a half points. The Roughnecks are good. That is Carver High's favorite team and my son Young Guns' favorite team. So take the Roughnecks and the eight and a half points. That's a good idea for you. Speaking of the Steelers, we were talking about him on Coast to Coast this week as the general manager, Kevin Colbert, said he's optimistic that Ben's rehab is going in the right direction and said he doesn't think the veteran quarterback is, quote, at the end of the road, end quote. Roethlisberger turns 38 next month and had surgery in September to repair a season-ending elbow injury he suffered in week two. Colbert would neither confirm nor deny that Big Ben had Tommy John surgery, but said he remains on track in his rehab and has a checkup in L.A. later this month. Quote, all signs are good at this point, and... Where that goes, we're hopeful he can make a complete recovery. As of right now, he's on schedule for that. Where it goes from here remains to be seen. Of course, Roethlisberger is the last remaining quarterback drafted in 04 who is with his team after Eli, retired Phillip Rivers, has left the Chargers. Colbert believes Roethlisberger, a two-time Super Bowl champ, is still a valuable asset. He said, quote, he had an injury to his right arm, but other than that, he's relatively healthy. We're not minimizing the right arm injury to a right arm quarterback, but we don't think he's at the end of the road. Without Roethlisberger, the Steelers had to rely on a pair of young, unproven quarterbacks that sucked. Mason Rudolph sucked. Devlin Duck Dynasty Hodges sucked. He took the reins and was a disaster. The team went 8-6 and six on those two's watch and finished just outside the playoffs at 8-8 eight and eight overall. God, it put such a burden on the Steelers' defense. The Steelers need Roethlisberger back. That's all there is to it. Optimistically, Roethlisberger's on schedule to return, and they hope that the return may be a guy that's even better than he was. Before the injury, in the meantime, they understand who the backups are. They're comfortable with those backups. And then Colbert said he thought they did a great job in 2019 under the circumstances. And Colbert is wrong. I could not watch either one of those quarterbacks. I'm sick and tired of thinking that. Duck Dynasty Hodges is a good quarterback because he has a cool name, because people gave him a nickname that everyone seemed to like. I went and saw this guy play at MetLife. He was atrocious. He couldn't even get a first down. It made me sick watching him play. I paid $1,500 to go to the game with the young gun and chopper, and it was a ripoff. I will never go to a Jets game again as long as I live. If I have to pay $1,500 to do something, it'll be go to Europe, go to the Caribbean, go to California, go surfing. I am not going to an NFL game for $1,500. No wonder people like the XFL tickets being 20 bucks because they're not getting fleeced in their rectums for going to a game. I shouldn't have to pay that much money to do anything in sports, include that in a discussion of paying too much to go to bowl games or playoff games or Super Bowls or Final Fours or NCAA games or the Masters or anything Wimbledon you name it the Daytona 500 I should be able to go to the Daytona 500 or any NASCAR race get in go to the infield and drink my face off I should be able to go to the infield and get naked I should go to the infield and meet chicks that I don't know. I should go to the infield and have relations with people I don't know. I should go to the infield and see crazy things like fat dudes with numbers shaved in their chest hair. And go see fat dudes with no teeth drinking whiskey and chain smoking cigarettes. I should see barbecue parties and topless women and strippers and hookers. They're all at NASCAR events. I've been to every race. I've been to Talladega. I've been to races at Atlanta, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Fontana, Pocono martinsville i have done it all but i never watched the race you hear the race because the noise is overwhelming the noise will blow your mind if you don't have earplugs you are screwed but the best thing to do at nascar events like the daytona 500 is get a sunburn and party The whole time you're at Daytona, it is awesome. The weather is great, and you will get sunburned. You will meet people you don't know. Strange things could happen. I went to Talladega, and I knocked up 34C. Nine months later, a boy came out, Gunner, so he was conceived at Talladega. What could be worse than having a baby that was conceived in the infield on a sweaty day? At the spring race in Talladega where no one bathes for three days and people smell. My wife did not want to go to that race. I lured her to that race. I lied to her and I stole her and kidnapped her and took her to a race. She didn't want to be there. We were camping with all our friends and partying heavily. Bad things were happening. Felonies were happening. And then the unthinkable happened. 34C ended up having a session with me and then Gunner was born nine months later. It's unbelievable. So whenever there's a NASCAR race on TV, she wants to hurl she does not like NASCAR at all then again who does I don't even watch the race it'll drive you nuts if you watch the Daytona 500 you'll be sitting there for five hours losing your mind nobody wants to do that ever it gets old real fast watching guys turn left for five hours I can't do it I won't do it it's weird how Damian Lillard injured his groin Right before the All-Star weekend in Chicago, he's still going to Chicago to do his rap concert, so it's not like I'm not going to believe him. But I did think about it, that maybe he was pulling out because he didn't want to go play in the All-Star game. But if he's going anyway, then it seems like he's not trying to get a vacation. Then you get the Paul George strained left hammy that he had already injured. He injured it again. In that double overtime loss to the Celtics before the break, and George left at halftime because of the same injury that cost him nine games in January and a total of 10 games overall. And obviously, Doc Rivers was concerned about it. He told him it was his hamstring again. He said it wasn't bad. I said he shouldn't have told me that. I don't think he wanted to come out. But once you tell me it's your hammy with the break, it's a no-brainer. We got to sit him down. Asked if he's concerned about it. Yeah, I am. Concerned about that because that's the second time now with the hammy. Maybe third. Listen, I don't know what to do, but I know rest of you might have an answer for me. I don't care what you think. I need to sit this guy down and get him rest. Rivers said he likes what he's seen from the Clippers in the first half, 37-18, and 18, despite having to use several starting lineups due to injuries and whatever. I noticed the Clippers have been inside... The Lakers' heads, I've said that all along. Right now, they're the only team that can beat them. I mean, they beat them twice. Houston beat them once. But right now, when you look at the East and West, in the East, the top eight teams are Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, top four, then Sixers, Pacers, Nets, Magic. And in the West, it's Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, Jazz, top four, then Rockets, Thunder, Mavs, Grizzlies. On the outside, looking in in the East, Wizards are... Three games behind the Magic, and in the West, the Blazers are four games behind the Grizzlies, and the hard-charging Pelicans still have some work to do. They are five and a half games out of the playoffs, and the Memphis Grizzlies in that eight spot, but with Zion, the way he's playing, anything is possible. Also, a late report in the week that the Redskins are going to release Josh Norman. Remember when they gave the cornerback all that money? He was one of the highest-paid corners in the league. Now, they're going to dump his ass. All right, look. I hope you had a great Valentine's Day. Have a kick-ass weekend. Enjoy the All-Star festivities in Chicago. I'll see you, freaks, on Monday on Coast to Coast at 4 to 6 Eastern, and it's 7 to 9, of course, is in-game live. Check out the podcast. By the way, the podcast re-air on Saturday morning from 2 a.m. to 7 a.m., so there's five straight hours of them. And then Best of Coast to Coast run on Saturday night at 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., and then on Sunday from like... 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. So there's a lot of replays of the shows and of the podcasts and everything else. And you can catch those on Fantasy Sports Network and Fantasy Sports Radio. Get those apps and make sure you listen to us and watch us on Sports Grid app, Pluto TV 517, Zumo 719, and Stir 352 and YouTube slash SportsGrid.com. TV3. Have a fantastic weekend. shake Ever wondered how a book gets
1: made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast.